heroic comebacks, last-minute rockets, attempted murder, and an earthquake that tore the Mel Park pitch asunder. Seriously. Welcome to the Roy of the Rovers Totally Football Show Special. And welcome to this special edition of the Totally Football Show. As you might have heard, we are the official shirt sponsors of Melchester Rovers in the brand new Roy of the Rovers graphic novels and books. And we're very proud of it. It's all a bit different now. Roy is 17. Melchester Rovers are in League Two. Mighty Mouse is the manager. And football has changed. With me in the studio to discuss this dramatic reboot, Football 365's very own comic book hero, Johnny Nicholson. Hello. And two of Roy's new writers, Tom Palmer, who wrote the novel Scouted of Roy the Rovers, and Rob Williams, who wrote the graphic novel Kickoff. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Johnny, you wrote a magnificent article on Roy the Rovers on Football 365 a couple of years ago now, wasn't yeah. it? What does Roy mean to you as someone who grew up reading the comics? Well, I think it's really fascinating um, how these characters and stories become part of, not just of your childhood, but the, of your um, burgeoning imagination. And I think that as a writer, and I'm a, a novelist as well as a football writer, uh, they were my earliest influences in stimulating uh, my imagination to create other worlds. They were examples of places which kind of felt like they really existed, uh, but obviously were fictional but you felt them to be kind of real and when it comes to writing novels as I do now that's essentially what you're doing you're creating a world which doesn't exist but which people think really does and fictional people who appear to be real and that's really what Roy provoked me from an early age I started reading in about 68 or 69 all the way through till I was about 13 or 14 when puberty kicked in and uh, rock and roll and intoxicants felt like a better option than Roy. But up until that point, it was really an important thing, not just Roy of the Rovers, but all comics. Any comic that had football in, I wanted to read them. So Roy was um, quintessential in being um, uh, an inspiration to me, um, as it turned out, as I was a writer in later life. Tom Palmer, did you have a similar kind of inspiration from the stories of, of comic books when you were young? More magazines, I suppose, including including Roy. I, I struggled a lot with reading. I didn't want to read fiction or non-fiction or anything like that. But um, I was all right with short stuff like newspaper, match reports, but also magazines. So I'd read stuff like um, Roy and, and Shoot and stuff like that. And that's where my, my reading began, really, definitely. Rob, similar story for you? Yeah, I, mean, I read Roy Rovers as a kid. I got, I got it delivered from a newsagent, which you know sounds like something from a different age now. But... Um, you realise, I mean, you know, right in Roy now, it's funny, you come back to a lot of these stories and why we love sports in general is sort of, they are sort of primal drama. They are sort of um, David versus Goliath tales, you know what I mean? And, and, and sort of, that's what you got in Roy back then and that's what we're providing now at the end of the day. And, we, you know, we've taken Roy back to a, a, a position where Melchester Rovers are, are the underdogs now and... Everyone loves rooting for an underdog. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk to you both about the challenges of rebooting Roy Race. In the meantime, I'd like so to have a listen to the work of your predecessors. Um, this is the moment when Roy Race was shot, of course, actually shot. And it's brought to you now by the Friends of Muddy Knees Media Amateur Dramatic Society. There was one message on Roy's answering machine. A very sinister message. Yes, do you watch him? 
somehow, and that is a promise. Trevor Brinsden, the fanatical fan I banned from Melchester's home games for the rest of the season. It has to be! Good grief, I seem to be surrounded by enemies at the moment. A sea of glowering faces swam into Roy's mind. Arnie Mekiff, Vic Guthrie, Trevor Brinsden, Elton Blake. He's convinced I got him sacked from the leading role in that TV series about the Rovers. And Arthur Logan, so bitter because his son Kenny signed for Rovers instead of entering the family business. Engrossed in his thoughts, Roy never heard the office door ease open. No wonder the police offered me protection. Maybe I should telephone them right now and... How bad is it, Doctor? Will he... is he going to...? We can't be certain of anything at the moment, Mrs. Race. Fortunately, the bullet merely creased your husband's head. But now, he's in deep shock. A kind of... coma, if you like. And we're not sure what's causing it. Most of the human brain is still a mystery to us. Roy could recover at any moment. Or he could remain in that comatose state for days. Perhaps weeks. All we can do is wait and hope. You'll you'll make it, Racy. You've got to. As the news spread, they began to gather silently at Melchester Stadium. Men, women and children, people who had never watched a football match in their lives. Yeah, that right there is Muddy Knees Media's new direction. Some pretty high drama. How are you going to match that? Well, it's going to be difficult, isn't it, Rob? I don't think we can actually sort of match the medical knowledge of that brain doctor who basically <laughs> said, the brain's a mystery. We don't really know. He who can wake knows? up in weeks, days, whatever. He also appeared to be smoking Not at did. one point. He seems to be drawing on an extremely strong cigarette. It was, it was a long time ago. It was, it was a, a different, different world, age. Yeah. Yeah. We, are ma- we are matching it for um, for drama in some ways, aren't we? The, the storylines we're putting in, there's some, some decent... Um, well, absolutely. I mean, there's Roy's father who uh, has had a, a brain tumor, indeed. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, hasn't recovered as fully no, and as that, Roy did. That's that's a really important part of the story. Um, when we were deciding the story together, when we were devising it, um, that he was going to be ill was going to be an aspect of the story. And and we and we thought it was. I, I go into a lot of schools and I meet a lot of children who are carers, um, and I, and we thought making him a carer and making that. He he can't just ease into football, can he? He can't just become a great a great footballer. So that's one of his things, and that that is one of the big things in the first graphic novel, isn't it? That sort of gets in his in his way that he's the priorities is being a carer, not a want to be footballer. Yeah. and his dad's a you know Melchester Rovers' biggest biggest fan. Um, but um, yeah, I mean it, it's trying to create a, a, a Roy who's he's seventeen in the new stories, and. Um, He's he's the underdog, as we said, and he he is kind of in a position when we first meet him. He's he's you know he's got a trial, and um, he is um, uh, for Melchester, and and but but even then, even when he gets his big chance, he has to run home because his his dad 
unwell and his, his mum needs help caring for his dad. So it's 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 blatantly trying to make him a sort of sympathetic character that we can all get on board with. Otherwise, really. you know, the precociously talented yeah, um, exactly. footballer is going to be the kind of person you just want to hit. Yeah, and there there is that. It, it's you know constantly in the talks we had, you know, the, the team who sort of put this all together, this reboot was like, how can we make a Roy sort of accessible to a new generation? You know, this is this, these books are aimed at um, a young adult sort of audience. Um, trying to make Roy a character that they can relate to, and and, and they can kind of go, yeah, that that's the type of kid I want to root for, basically. And these okay. are these are serious storylines, which is kind of a contrast to some of the storylines that, that that we saw in the last ten to fifteen years of uh, of, of old Roy. Um, Johnny, I'll, I'll go to you first. The most ridiculous Roy Race storyline from the from the end game. Well, there's a, a good choice, a good uh, amount of choice uh, to be had, but I think the terrorist incident has to be uh, one of the uh, one of the best ones in the sense that I remember when I was writing that piece um, about them, I went back and, and I read bits of it online. It was really brutal. I mean, you really wouldn't want. I don't. I don't think you would expose kids think- quite to that these days. It was actually quite distasteful well, eight or nine players died didn't yeah. they yeah and it's just really you know I, I tried to i mean i i wasn't i wasn't a kid when that came out uh, but i tried to put myself as a 10 year old boy reading that i think i would have been really upset I, I was i was quite um unsettled by the earthquake that tore melchester stadium asunder uh, that, <laughs> that was a weird one rare in the larger melchester area <laughs> yeah, one I mean, has to say yeah. I, there has been fracking in the in the area <laughs> i'm not i'm not here to say that's the cause um, I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking. Sort of give him maybe a bit later on, but give him a political career, which could begin this week. Actually, when Theresa May, who knows what's going to happen, and we could have an election, and um, like Roy Race could step up, and because of the kind of guy he is, sort it all out. I could for see us. this Roy being very much about bringing the country together, yeah. but old Roy, I think, would be very much leave. It'd be absolutely no deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had an international. Yeah, there was international players in his. In his. How would that affect the classic Melchester team if Paco Diaz had to leave? Or yeah. you know, but I think the ultimate because there is a lot of players from lots of different countries, aren't there? In, in our in the new yes. um, Melchester Rovers team, so he is he is a Europhile in True. Some Whereas ways. Roy, of course, has been kidnapped nine times, often by foreign people. So again, that could have an effect um we joke of course but when you go back to uh, giles smith did the autobiography of roy a few years ago it's very funny but yeah. really highly recommend it but it was so funny because it was these ridiculous storylines that were presented in such a straight-faced way that it for me it was kind of yeah oh this is why it's still not going anymore and for you it must be it must be useful to have that because you've got a fresh slate it's almost like people are ready now yeah i read that i really i really enjoyed that book but it did it I mean, he came across as incredibly naive, didn't he, about everything that was going on in the world. But I think the Roy that, that we've created together is he's thoughtful. And I think the big thing about him is he learns and something happens and he learns and he moves on, doesn't he? And he's, he's I think he's got that in both the novels and the graphic novels. He's a young lad, but he, he is learning. I wanted to I wanted to mention something um, like about about us knowing about his family and about his life, and I was quite influenced by um, Raheem Sterling did an article before the World Cup, and I'm sure I'm sure you read it about what his mum had done to get him to be a footballer and how she'd you know she'd worked three or four different jobs and um, and tried to get to university and really really sort of really worked hard and we so we. I was really impressed. I had an attitude towards Raheem Sterling from the media before I'd read that article because I found out about him and his family situation. I thought that was amazing that you saw... Because footballers aren't just 
what we see in the media either. They do have that a real life and real relationships. And so things like that. Reading autobiographies, especially the first 50 pages of a footballer's autobiography and articles like that help me sort of devising the character, definitely. Rob, when, when you were first told about the reboot and that you were coming in to do it, how did you feel? It must have been quite quite a lot of pressure picking up something like this. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, my, my past is with comics, um, you know, writing comics for the last sort of 15 years. And I, I've been fortunate enough to write a lot of very fi- uh, famous characters, whether it's Spider-Man or Superman and things like that. So in that sense, I'm kind of kind of used to it but it's still i mean i think you you never really lose the fact that you're kind of nostalgists and and if i'd never read roy as a kid it'd be a different thing it'd be just another gig but you know i did read roy as i said i mean i you know i i got roy Verovers delivered once a week i, I read the hard man i read mighty mouse I, I read those those strips so um yeah it's it, it's a thrill and also i've got you know i've got two kids of my my own like my son's 12 and and uh, my daughter's nine so to to sort of write something that's aimed at their generation is is great as well is this sort of so in a way it's sort of taking me back to when i was a kid and also it's tr- trying to sort of focus um my storytelling in a way that actually sort of something that appeals to them and tom you've you've worked on the on the novel while rob's worked on the on the graphic novel yeah how closely have you two worked in order to sort of keep the timeline pure i I think it's been really good we met and we thrashed out a few ideas for stories like as a group including ben the illustrator um and um we developed ideas and then as we're each writing our own we we sort of refer to each other we know where we're going to be in the storyline but we also sort of show each other the manuscript so that we we can trail things or or create echoes of things that have happened in the other books and for me it's i mean it's not we haven't had to sit down for hours and hours and hours but we've done it in quite a relaxed way which has really worked for me yeah, yeah. i mean it's got it, it, there's a team you know there's rob power who's um and and keith richardson who are part of our editorial team and you know a bunch of us got together in a little writer's room you know we worked out the overall sort of here's where we're going then we have a certain amount of freedom you know individually to sort of get to those points but we have certain beats that we have to to meet which which makes it a lot richer i think you know i i really like it i think it's because it's not a blank blank page it's they're not restrictions but you've got to fit into like the narrative that's come before and the narrative that's sometimes like the, the next one i'm writing the graphic novel and before and after have already been written like in draft form anyway and that for me that i find that really exciting not a problem in fact it is like it's enriching in a way definitely yeah we know if there's an earthquake coming we can plan ahead <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. and uh, of course uh, johnny you've you've just seen a, a copy of the the graphic novel and i people of our age when it comes to reboots the first thing we're looking for are the easter eggs you know the little references that have been laid down for for our generation what are the ones that you've picked out johnny dexter as the youth team ah, coach yes the ultimate comic book hard man um how long did it take for you to get there or was he always in your mind instantly as the, the person you wanted as sort of roy's mentor he was always there i mean it was just again because i read read the comics as a kid johnny dexter the hard man was he played for melchester at one point he had his own strip prior to that and mighty mouse did too and, and mighty were, mouse of course is a manager now he's well. a manager of melchester in in, in, in our re- reboot and and sort of you know so i mean what we're trying to do is make these new books accessible for for 17 year olds or 15 year olds or whatever so if you've never read a Roy Rovers comic before you know you should be able to pick these up or the book up and and, and you'll get it but if you are an old-time fan you will see these old characters but just kind of like given 
with the serial numbers filed off and given a bit of a new life, you know. Tom, did you was part of the process going through the back issues and like picking out old stories that you could refer back to? Yes, I've got a mate called Simon Robinson who's a head teacher in um, in Derbyshire, and I went round and he's got pretty much them all in his house, and he's got a room. Full can of I go around? Yeah, 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 you can come. Right. He'd love it. He'd yeah, love I'll, it. I'll bring him stuff. Yeah, but he's got and he's got all these, and we we just looked through them all. And I was I was developing the first stories, and he 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 helped me sort of he he found like the one the the, sh- the shooting one that you just you just sort of wonderfully reenacted it, it was beautiful but he it? he reads them as well because he knows more about Ryder Rovers than I do and he reads them and he, he he helps me out like with the odd he's sort of my um what's the word for it mentor yeah mentor <laughs> Roy mentor and of course you've got so many new themes in the uh particularly in the novel I noticed that that yeah. Roy is a is a keen player of FIFA on his on his PlayStation. He is, yeah. And right for Roy, he he plays FIFA with his dad and his dad's half paralyzed and can't speak and um he does that too. And he plays as Melchester Rovers who they both support and he does that to entertain his dad and for me that's really my dad my dad had exactly the same condition that that Roy's dad's got in the books and um for me I love writing I mean it's 25 years ago but I love writing about it and I'm hoping that because I've been through that it sort of adds to its um authenticity and those passages in the book some of them are very very moving um particularly the the going to games with your dad and yeah, the, those yeah. conversations and that bonding and loads so you, of fans loads of fans know that experience don't they yeah that, that, that yeah. was resonating for me Good. when i read it so it was that that was drawn from your own personal experience it was, yes do you think that the audience for this um would demand something different to the audience of the past in the 50s and 60s and 70s is it very different writing for young people now than it would have been back then it's really it's really hard to say isn't it because you read books from the past and you read um sort of cartoons from the back the past and some of them seem a bit silly and but no doubt in in 30 years my stuff will seem really silly and so they do demand things but i suppose it's hardwired into your brain like i've got a 15 year old daughter as well so i've for the last sort of 15 years I've known her and her mates so I know that generation like Rob does with his children and so not consciously it's a really interesting challenge writing a comic book hero now because you, you know you go back to the 50s and 60s and 70s the kind of stuff that Johnny and I grew up reading um, Battle and Commando and Roy of the Rovers and everything else that, that went with it but there haven't really been any comic books like that. If anything, it shifted into a sort of comic book anti-hero with Preacher and Walking Dead and, and things like that. It must be really interesting to go the other end of the sort of character spectrum. Well, it all goes around with sort of you know, how people react to their, their football heroes. You know, if you look about some, when there was a Gary Lineker in, in the 80s or something, he was this sort of clean-cut figure at the time, you know, and then, then it went to a Beckham or something, and people sort of love pulling their heroes apart. And the same thing happens in, in fiction, you know, with, 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 the, with the comics you talk about. I mean, Roy's not there yet. He's not really a Beckham yet. He's more a kind of, um, in our stories, like you say, he's starting out on his journey. Maybe he'll get there. But um, I think it's kind of, I don't know, it feels like it's refreshingly positive and we're, we're kind of reaching for the spirit of the, of the game, you know, rather than going, he, he's got a chance to get the riches, he's got a chance to get the flash car. It's more about the purity of of why we all love football and, and you know, the chance of, you know, what never goes away is him, you know, someone scores the last minute winner, there's a glory in that, you know, in that moment. 
And that's kind of, I think, what we're reaching for in this new version of Roy, rather than, oh, you'll have an Aston Martin in two years, you know? And this he's is a player as well. He's, as well as a player, he's a fan of the club. And we see him as a fan. Initially, we see him as a fan of the club, don't we? In both both sets of books. And, and he ends up like playing for his, his team that he loves, even though they're like, they're like right way down the bottom of the league too. There's they just you look you look at what the horizon the possible horizons are and try and reach them and this is something johnny's written about uh quite a lot about the the lack of positivity mm. uh, in football which has been a real trend across all of football discourse. yeah well, i mean i think in the social media age we live in a um a very cynical kind of age where there is more kudos to ripping people apart than there is to saying good things about them and what i've found in recent years with my writing is the more positive pieces get the biggest responses and so what you're saying about um these being positive stories which are uplifting um, I think is the, is very much the zeitgeist of the times, and I know that this, in some ways, is um, counterintuitive to what people think. Um, but think that it's all about being snarky on Twitter and things. But I think that as, as as humans, we respond to positive stories. We actually want them in our lives, and I think there's a great thirst for that now. I should also say, I think the brilliant thing about this is that it is fictional. It's about a fictional player and a fictional club and I think if you're young and your exposure to football and football games is through FIFA and things like that this is they're all inverted commas real people you know who are who are used in the games and this isn't that and I think the brilliant thing about that is it allows your imagination to fill in all of the dots it's not confusing it with reality you know so you don't you know there isn't anything you don't have to compare it with how Neymar is in real life you know these are a world in and of themselves and I think that allows you to escape into it more without being kind of reeled back in by the certainties of actuality if you know what I mean and there there have been so many issues uh in the books that that you know aren't often sort of popping up at, at, at this level with um uh, the issues over disability that we've discussed you've also got uh in the novel uh Fion, the leading women's footballer in the area and also scourge of the bullies um a question of uh, of loyalty to your local team as well because Obviously, Melchester Rovers have fallen on hard times and uh, Roy's actually being bullied by two supporters of the, the local rivals who may or may not have any kind of resemblance to Manchester City. Um, but has there been any sort of backlash? Because these books have been out a, a few few weeks now. Um, have you had the inevitable, is political correctness gone mad? I think you get that, but I, I, I suspect when you've come across little bits of that on social media, they haven't actually read the books, people who say that. You know, it's... Um, but it, at the end of the day, you know, you're always going to get people who go, oh, it's not as good as it was in my day, you know. But at the end of the day... Nothing all, ever is. No, exactly. All we can do is kind of, you know, try and tell the best stories we can tell, to be honest with you. And, um, and uh, you know, but and we try and make it sort of something that's relevant to, to today's football. Like you mentioned, uh, Melchester's local rivals here, Tynecaster, who are have been taken over by a, by a, you know, United Arab Emirates kind of prince, and all the money's come in and... They've got a, all their players are being paid about you know three hundred grand a week, and Melchester. It what it does is it allows us to set up that rocky-ish sort of underdog sort of thing where you immediately hopefully root for Melchester and the kids. And just when we join the story, Melchester have fallen on such hard times they have to sell off their entire first team, which is why the kids get a chance. Um, and so Roy and his um, contemporaries, and you you get your lofty peaks and uh, Vic Gaffrey's and people like that they they all suddenly are thrust into first team positions so 
it, it should be easy to root for them, you know what I mean, and want them to win because from the from the word go, no one gives them a chance. It also gives you so much scope for development, doesn't it? It does, and, and I think one of the things you mentioned as well, like Fionn, um, who's a really good um, young footballer, and also Roy's sister as well, Rocky. There, um, there, that we're really sort of putting a strong line of like the women's game into it because I've written children's books um, before and often with girls as the main characters in them and um, I've had a really good response to that and, and we are we are with this as well aren't we and that is going to be a part of the story it's going to be and we there's there's scenes where Roy is is faced with his own prejudices about the, the about girls playing football and he learns really good lessons um, and he remembers those lessons and I think having people like Fionn in it and Rocky it was it was really has really worked for me writing the, the stories, yeah. definitely. Johnny, where can you see something like that? What are the pitfalls that Roy could encounter on his way up the pyramid? Well, I suppose um, the trappings of uh, fame and money are always, uh, you know, it's an eternal story of the, uh, uh, you know, of the good man who's corrupted by the evil world <laughs> in, into which he's landed. And uh, I, I think there is a... You know, there's a, you could take this in a kind of rake's progress kind of way, couldn't you? In some senses, you know, and you could have, I mean, a, a, yeah, a story arc where you know he's a great talent, but he's brought low by the foibles of humanity, and uh, <laughs> I may be getting too serious about it there. But I think that is very interesting because I, there are so many issues that come with football that aren't to do with football anymore. Whereas I think when Roy first started, it was pretty much all to do with football, the kicky kicky. But now there's so much to do with society and politics and money and so many other things that um, you know there's any number of directions you could obviously take it in at the start of a second graphic novel he has like an agent turn up at his front door in a flash car and sort of offers to give him a lift mm. and, and sort of you know fills his head with all these wonders uh, but the agent doesn't get his name right you know what I mean he says I'll be with you every step of the way son you know what yeah. I mean and, but he, he calls him Rod you know as he lets him out so i mean you could you, we're kind of going down that road you know the, the more successful he gets the more these trappings are going to come in but the, i think the touchstone is always sort of you know the, the love of the game you know um what challenges is roy going to face without giving too much away as, as this story develops that's one of them is ego one of, one of them is ego um one of them's in entrapment like like social media entrapment and and all, all sorts of stuff like the kind of things that would happen to someone at, at that level but as as hopefully his career becomes um as as melchester hopefully do better um he could face all sorts of things couldn't he but at the moment he's facing small scale issues like that i think yeah i think it was one of the last email back and forth we did you talked about sort of the nutritional side of it and everything and i think it's kind of we're constantly aware of you know, this is a 2018, 2019 Roy, Roy, you know, what, what's relevant out there now, you know, so we, you know, we try and reflect that and hopefully make it a story that kids these days will actually, you know, relate. And how many books are there, they're planned now? Uh, three graphic novels, three novels a season, and it could go, I mean, what, he's 17, so, I mean, we could go, <laughs> he could play till he's 40, couldn't he, or something? Is that how he's going to run? Three books, three graphic novels per season of his life? That's and right. Then yep. on, and then yeah. on and upwards. That, that's, that's a loose plan. I mean, there may be other things along the way. I mean, there's plans for, like, a, a, a you know, the women's football side of it as well, to, you know, to give that its own title, um, as, you know, d along the way. So, yeah, we got really rich plans. We're opening up this world. There's all kinds of things we could do with it. This is just the start. Well, it looks incredibly exciting. Rob, um, your graphic novel uh, kickoff is is out now thank you so much for joining us thank you and tom your wonderful novel scouted that's also out now 
Thank you. Johnny, you haven't got a Rover Rovers novel, but you do have 18 Teesside-based crime drama novels. Six, I have 14 Teesside novels and a couple set in America about a rock and roll photographer. Yeah, so Roy of the Rovers, only in America with rock and roll. Excellent. Where can we find those? Uh, they're all on the usual outlets, um, uh, the uh, non-taxpaying ones, as well as actual shops. <laughs> And that's just about all we've got time for. But you can find out everything you want to know about Roy of the Rovers on royoftheroversofficial.com or by following Roy of the Rovers on Twitter. The book scouted, the graphic novel kickoff, they're available now. There's more to come. They're available in all good bookshops and online. Enjoy. Enjoy.